Welcome to another episode of the Pop Rewind Podcast. I'm Linz, and with me is Lee. Hey there. Hey. So, Linz, there are probably three things I could talk about endlessly. Did you know that? I thought there were more than three, but please elaborate. Well, I could talk endlessly about the Beatles. True. Amusement parks. Very, very true. And the topic of today's podcast. Oh? Yeah. Back to the Future. I know you're surprised. I would never have guessed this. I know you're surprised by that. Yeah, uh, Back to the Future, you know, it's my favorite film franchise of all time. And I'm very excited about this episode of the Pop Rewind podcast. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, today we've got two very special guests. We have Rob Klein and Jennifer Smith, who have written a Back to the Future almanac. Now, that's a Back to the Future memorabilia guide. So it covers all the Back to the Future merchandise from the films, the cartoon, the ride, and beyond. So welcome to the show, Rob and Jennifer. Hello. Hello, everybody. So guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Lee and I have both gone through the book, and we think it's fantastic. So we're just wondering, what prompted you guys to, I guess, compile everything and put out this book? I love pop culture, and uh, I kind of always have been fascinated by film history and television history. And uh, I would always try and, uh, you know, if there was a book on the Twilight Zone or Star Trek, it was always something that I would, uh, you know, try to acquire and read. And being a big uh, fan of the Back to the Future films, um, I kept waiting for a book like this to be published, and there was never one done. And, you know, by the time we got uh, close to the 30th anniversary and there still hadn't been a book made, I thought, well, I guess uh, maybe I should take it on and pitched it to Jenny. And, and she was, uh, you were a fan of the films, right? Indeed. Yeah, Absolutely. and then we thought, well, let's do this. Okay. So, uh now, if I forget what I wrote, it would be like as if I didn't write it and I bought the, bought the book circle. for the first time. Full circle. <laughs> now we can forget all about the book I can and go back read to, it all over again for the first time. Yeah, I can go back to the past and give myself a copy of the book. Yes. And then I would have, <laughs> never, I would have never written it because then it would have, I would have had a copy. Oh, okay, never mind. Wow. I, we'll get into yeah, that's a paradox right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the plot for back... Future Four has just been revealed. Wait a oh. minute! Oh, you weren't supposed to mention that yet. <laughs> now we need to go back in the past to prevent you from saying that, so that uh, yes, well, such a conundrum. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need a flowchart for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that's interesting um, that you mentioned that that nothing's been written really on the Back to the Future merch before because. It's been kind of scattered merch over the years. I've been collecting at least since the second one came out, and you'll get kind of stuff in waves. Like, things will come out for a while, and then there's nothing for a few years. Then, oh, Hot Wheels is making them now. So, yeah. I mean, is that kind of what you found in putting the book together? Is that you kind of found merch just come out in batches like that? Well, certainly there's a huge um, plethora of, of stuff for part two. Um, and then, you know, you basically, you saw nothing for the first movie because it took everybody by surprise and then they scrambled to get merchandise, but you didn't have a DeLorean toy for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a rumor that Steven Spielberg had said, Oh, no DeLoreans because of the controversy 
uh, surrounding, you know, John DeLorean and all that. And um, I had just thought, you know, ever since, you know, 85, oh, that's the reason why Steven Spielberg said no DeLoreans. And then finally you start working on a book like this and, you know, you're sitting down and you're like, did Steven Spielberg really say no to DeLoreans? And that was Bob Kills like, no, no, that wasn't, had nothing to do with Steven Spielberg. It was simply that nobody knew that the film was going to be so successful and then nobody was prepared uh you know prior to the movie you know being released how great of a film it was so therefore nothing was really ready to go and then part two everybody over prepared and then there's a, a an overabundance of part two material and then b back to part three where it kind of slows down to a trickle and then you wait yeah. several years till after after mm -hmm. the trilogy items as well right yeah i remember um Part two, you know, had everything. There was like Pizza Hut had a tie-in for sunglasses that really had nothing to do with the movie. Um, I remember getting trading cards at Christmas for Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah, I remember seeing those uh, at Toys R Us carried the Back to the Future Two cards, and I seem to remember it was like the first, uh, you know, gum cards uh, in the wrapper that were like fifty cents a pack, and it was like fifty cents a pack. <laughs> Wow, fifty serious. How am I gonna get the whole set at fifty cents a pack when you're, you know? I think at the time I was in college, but still fifty cents a pack. Our promotional trading cards actually pick up on the number where the trading card set left off, so you feel <laughs> like you're you're adding to your old set. Oh, nice. Which is which is good, and they're they're formatted in the same uh, way with the same coloration. And stuff. Yeah, so we we neat. thought we'd continue the Back to Future Two vibe, so. You have the same exact cardboard that they were cut on before. <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we sourced the cardboard. We found the guy who wrote the, you know, strange, yeah, um, random uh, titles like Marty's Surprised. And then there's Marty running and you're well, like, what's happening? I don't know if I ever told you that, Jenny, but the guy who actually wrote those cards was Michael Clastorian, who was the publicist for Back to the Future 2 and 3. And uh, we actually found when we were researching the book, there was a very limited uh, lenticular card set uh, made for the 25th anniversary. And Michael Clastorian again wrote the yes. captions for that card yes. set. Really? So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that, that's the kind of detail that we went into uh, with each and everything we put in the book. Um, another thing is, as I mentioned, being a, a fan of all this stuff and, and loving to read uh, collectible books and, and, uh, you know, making of books for all my favorite movies. Um, I wanted to not only put, um, you know, to document what the item was, but I wanted to try to put as many kind of background stories um, about the items, you know, like a funny anecdote about the item being made or like something that you might not have known about. And I haven't really seen a lot of collectible books do that <clears throat> before. So, um, uh, when we were making this book, uh, even with the way we laid it out, we'd lay it out and, you know, you'd get together with people and they go, well, that's not actually really how books are laid out. And I would be like, well, okay, but why can't we do it this way? And mm -hmm. they'd be like, well, I guess you can. So we weren't really going off of any sort of like prior uh, formula or prior mm -hmm. um, template to do this book. We just kind of thought, let's just try to make a, a, a fun book that, that, uh, you know, that everybody would, would find new and refreshing. And uh, I think that's the fun of Back to the Future is all the detail that, that goes into everything, you know? And it's definitely not a price guide. It's more of a 
um, as he said, what's happening uh, in, in the culture. Like there was a big rumor going around since we live so close to Universal Studios Hollywood that um, we should be very, very careful. Moms wouldn't let their kids ride the ride because they worried that if there was a, an earthquake had an earthquake at the same time that the ride was going on. The ride would slide down the mountain and, and kill everyone. And wow. everybody, oh my, God. my school friends knew that. Oh, mate, if you're riding Back to the Future and the big one happens, we, we're all going to die. And I thought, what are the odds? Even back then, like as a, however old I was, eight years old, I was like, that sounds implausible. But it was a big legend. What would, ha wait, what would happen if you were on the earthquake attraction at Universal Hollywood and then the big one happened while you were on the earthquake? Outrageous. It would be like... It would be like a double e-ticket attraction at that point. Yeah, you have real earthquake and then the phony earthquake. It's like when yeah. did they revamp this ride? I don't remember two subway cars crashing through the building. Damn exciting! I yes. should I should tell you uh, we before we started. Um, I told you there was a little anecdote about Bob Gale and Universal Hollywood. Um, I actually worked on the Time Machine restoration project, uh, which was really fun. That was if you don't know, or for those of you who don't know out there. Uh, there were three cars made for Back to the Future, and they all called them the A, the B, and the C car. And the A car was the hero car that, that got most of the photography um, for the for the film. But it was in really bad shape, so Universal did a great job and, and restored the car, and um, they put together a team of people that uh, were able to bring the car to look exactly how it did. When it was when it was ready, and I was uh, lucky enough to be one of those people. Time but machine restoration time machine led restoration. by Joe Walzer. Joe Walzer, and a few other people, and uh, so Bob Gale was very involved with that. And so we went to look at the car when Universal had placed it on display, and uh, we all rode with Bob Gale on the Simpsons ride. And I, of course, had said, you know, to Bob, I said, you know, oh. I bet you don't like this ride, you know, because I had actually never been on it before today, so. Why would he? Uh, rode, rode with Bob Gale on the on the, probably the first and last time he rode on the Simpsons ride, and then it was funny Ouch. because the chicken, the Doc Brown's chicken, was still there. Oh my god! And gosh. Um, I said, you know, Bob, get, go stand in front of the chicken restaurant and let me give you a, a, get a picture. In front Is there of Doc a photo? Brown's. Yeah, so I took a photo with him in front of Doc Brown's chicken, and then like right after that, the building actually got raised because they're building the Harry Potter. Sure. Uh, ride there. So I thought that was kind of neat to, to see uh, Bob Gale in Where's front of Where's that Dr. photo, Russell. man? I'll have, to, I'll have to find that photo. Oh, my photo. gosh. Now that we all have digital photos, nobody <laughs> keeps track of this stuff. <laughs> right. It got lost in a Dropbox file somewhere. <laughs> right. Wow. So what was his take, um, I'm curious, on the Simpsons ride, and particularly if you were in line long enough to see that nod to the Back to the Future ride in there? He didn't make any comment uh, on it. I think he completely was either asleep during when the ride or just refused to give us any uh, comments afterwards. He, he, he was very disappointed that the Back to the Future ride went away. Right. You know, as we all were, because it was a great it ride. It, it worked. It was a great ride. I'm going to miss Biff. I mean, you don't get to see a lot of, you know, post Back to the Future Biff, and it's just we actually included some of his quotes from the ride in the book because the quotes are so funny just if you listen to the audio from the, the kind of the, the ride spiel right. it's that he taunts them in that famously stupid way and it's just it's glorious and I, I miss I miss it yeah you're a Biff I'm a Biff fan Bob, Bob Gale had actually told me that he did not write the dialogue for the ride because you know they were still in post-production and I probably certainly 
for Back to the Future 2, and then they were still shooting, I think, 3 when the ride was in development. So he didn't do any of the dialogue, and I have to apologize to the gentleman who did write the dialogue. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but when he finished the script for the ride, he showed it to Bob Gale, and he said, did I get Doc Brown right? And oh. Bob thought he that he did and said, yes, you, you did a good job. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... Um, that was not the writing of Zemeckis or Bob Gale, but it definitely it had their blessing, and and uh, they thought that they the, the the writer for the the ride did a great job. Yeah, that ride's interesting because it kind of takes everything to Doc's life after the movies. So Doc has opened up this time travel institute, and he's <laughs> yeah. to the point where he can just take random volunteers off the street. Yeah, time just- travel institute and fried chicken. That's right. He's very busy in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he's yeah. got kids. He's got kids to feed. Well, maybe the kids are making the chicken. Oh. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. 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 Jules and Vern. The the later adventures that Bob Gale did have a hand in writing are the, the sh- comic book, the Harvey Comics comic book. Oh, I didn't know he was involved with that. Yeah. And he was involved in the um, video game that came out most recently. And yeah. then very famously uh, disappointed in the earlier video games, which I think we have a quote from him where he says, total crap. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you ever want to experience what it's like to be in the cafe and have 50 Biffs approach you while you throw root beer at them, that's your game. Wow. That's yeah. the game. Okay. okay. Yeah. Good. That makes me want so to play it, actually. you're a Biff fan, uh, Jen. Yes. So that, that might actually be what uh, the one you should check out. Yeah, that was kind of magical what you just said. So yeah, I mean, I didn't think I had any interest before like a minute ago, and now that's all I want to do. You're in. <laughs> yeah, you're in. You changed. You flipped quick. You went from I don't want to yeah, play the video games. Yeah, never. And play, then yeah. that's it. That's all, as all it quick took as it was. was fifty biffs. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our intro now from like from all the Back to Future fans in this cat podcast is fifty biffs, and then ah, everybody know what we're talking magic. about. So. One thing with the book, I mean, there's so much in there, and you're talking about a movie franchise that's been around for 30 years. Is Did you have to pick and choose which stuff made it in the book, or anything you could find ended up in there? No, we we try to put everything in there. Um, I've made a lot of really great um, connections with Back to the Future fans, um, you know, for the last 30 years. And... Um, when I, you know, I tell people, so what are you working on now? I'm like, oh, I'm working on a Back to the Future book. And they'd be, oh, what about? And I said, oh, probably, you know, the history of the memorabilia and the promotional materials and all that stuff. And I would get uh, comments, oh, well, you're never going to find this. And I'd be like, actually, I have one of those. And they'd be, what? Wow, I can't wait to buy the book now. Uh, so we tried to put everything in there. Um, and- With two exceptions. Um we were talking to Bob Gale, and he was saying, "Well, I have, you know, um, I have Back to the Future on DVD in in J- Japanese. I have it in this, and it was the same cover, but just different language, different languages in the okay. title shown over and over." And I said, "Kind of, this is, you know, my girl opinion. I, I, I'm I'm going to get. I'm just going to. I want to see like maybe three or four, and then my eyes are going to get exhausted. And then this year, there seems to be this explosion, obviously in anticipation for 2015 of of product." And since this um, book came out in 2014, in anticipation of 2015, it's it was hard to keep up with this last couple of months of 2014. Um, yeah. So if explosion. we're not com- if we're not complete, it's definitely going to be 
the stuff that's still in development or still coming out in 2015. And of course, there's always going to be somebody that's going to approach us and it's going to say, oh, you know what, you didn't get this or you didn't find one of these. And uh, which is actually exciting to me because I want to see what we didn't know about or we didn't right. find about. Right. Matter of fact, Zemeckis gave us a quote um, and he said, um, this is an essential book for all true BTTF fans. There are things in here that I didn't even know existed. So the fact that we, you know, found stuff that the director and one of the creators didn't know about, I think that was kind of well, a, Zemeckis. we, we, yeah, we knew that we had uh, succeeded on some level. But, um, some of the things that we don't have photographed in the book, um, we try to at least mention, like those that remember buying CDs in the original days of CDs when they were first being sold, they used to sell them a, what was called a long box. Remember those? Right, yeah. I, it, yeah, and you know, Back to the Future, all three soundtracks actually eventually got released in long boxes, and we showed the part three long box and then mentioned, of course, that there were ones made for the other ones. Yeah. And one other thing, when we were first starting this project, a lot of people would say, well, everything's just that Drew Struzan poster. You know, mm -hmm. everything's just the poster. And yeah. I was like, yes, that's what you think. But if you really start getting into the the minutia of it, you find there are a lot of things from the Alternate first film images. that, that yeah. actually were, did have unique uh, covers and different art. And Absolutely. That's what's kind of fun about it. And, that, and that's another great example of why we should have made the book, because people's perception of like what they think things were and the reality are two different things. And that's why it's great to have a book like this to kind of set the record straight. Mm -hmm. right. Well, I think you did a good job with the items you put on the cover of the book to kind of differentiate, hey, it's not just the poster. Like, it's there, but... You know, like, uh, it, it's got some of the toys, some of the merch, some of the spinoff items. Now, um, you had mentioned that you expect that people are going to come to you and say, hey, you didn't have this in the book or that. Have you already gotten some of that? Um, not yet, but um, I'm, I'm waiting any moment now. Maybe you should just be that person and tell me what you I missed. You can be the first. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. since you said any moment. Uh, yeah. I, well, you know, it's funny. One thing I enjoyed about the book is kind of reliving my collection over the years, where I've just gotten bits and pieces as birthday gifts or whatever. And so I kind of had a list in my head, like, when I first opened the book. I'm like, all right, let, let's just see. Is this in there? Hoverboard <laughs> pens. Wow, I thought those were bootleg. Those are in there. Uh, the Back to the Future... <laughs> power wheel that they only seem to sell at the ride gift shop okay it's there the one i was looking for was the back to the future part two backpack wow that's not in there is it i've never heard of that oh my gosh we should start a section in the um on the website of like stuff we missed and like that yeah. is excellent does it have is it a delorean or does it just say back to the future two on the back from what now keep in mind i haven't used this backpack since fourth grade so i'm trying to okay. remember there's a black backpack with that neon yellow on the pouch, kind of like those Pizza Hut sunglasses, and then the Back to the Future nice. Part Two DeLorean coming out of the clock logo on the back. Wow! Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's great. I mean, I could tell you what a few of the things that aren't in the book that I knew, and and uh, I think that you'd have to say that some of the things that aren't in the book would have to be some of the more elusive or rare pieces. Now, I, now, that's not to say that they are the rarest pieces, but they certainly would be that way. I mean, I'll, there, I know for a fact that there's a Hill Valley class ring that um, 
I was well aware of that was sold at the Back to the Future variety oh, wow. uh, store. Uh, I knew it existed. I just, I didn't, I couldn't get my hands on one. Bob Gale didn't have one, so I would definitely say that that's an obscure item. There's also, I think, there was a, a Hill Valley, um, like a Letterman's jacket sold as well. We make a note that uh, apparel and things that are worn, or there's a matches set from uh, Universal Studios. Apparel is usually worn, worn out, and kind of tossed or thrown away, and so that's one of the harder things to actually get your hands on. And right. then the match set, because I guess in a smoking culture in the '80s, you would have just used it and moved on. Yeah, you can't you can't sell matches to kids anymore. <laughs> yeah, and 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 being that the, and being that the fact that uh, you know they're matches anyway, I, I just. There can't be too many sets of the Back to the Future matches. Right. <laughs> what, what, it was like, what was it? Cafe 80s was on one, Biff's Casino was on the other, then the logo. Mm-hmm. And they were sold in like a, a, a like a three pack of, you mm-hmm, know, actually mm-hmm. there were six matches. There were two of each of the three matches. But yeah, that that's a, I would assume that there can't be too many of those still around. The ride had its own gift shop. So I just imagine yeah. there's endless amounts of merch they just burn through every six months. Oh, we got, you know, new T-shirts, new buttons. It seemed like every time I went to Universal Studios, I'd walk out of that store $50 less. Are, are you getting that kind of feedback? People are looking through this kind of like I am and saying, wow, I'm seeing my collection over the years and how it grew. Because it's basically in chronological order. So it is like almost time traveling with Back to the Future memorabilia, essentially. Thank you. You're you, you totally got it. You're the first person that actually mentioned to me that that's it. That's exactly what it was because it, it, we wanted to make the whole book like you were time traveling. Matter of fact, uh, you know, we even tried to make some of the chapter titles look the way that the movie does. So we wanted to kind of make you feel like that you were watching, you know, Back to the Future, where you know we started out with the black with just the you know, the type uh, at the lower third of the page. So hopefully people even recognize that, remember that uh, and reminds them of watching the Back to the Future But the film. titles are the release dates of the films, which is kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, people are, people are saying that, you know, yeah, oh, I recognize this or I recognize that. Um, but so far, not, not any, um, oh, you've missed any really seriously glaring, uh, you know, items. Right. We... They made uh, theatrical standees um, for all the. Th- well, actually, not the first film because it was you know too rushed. But for parts two and parts three, they made these huge um, cardboard displays that they would put in the like the theater lobbies, and uh, we actually had uh, access to a t- part two and a part three. And we got to the point where we didn't even think it was necessary to put that in there because they were just the the Drew Struzan posters recreated but um right you know the, it's another example of of it we just got to the point where it was like you don't want to get into the point of redundancy you mention it but if you're a back to the future fan you know exactly what it looks like so it's kind of <laughs> eh. i don't even remember if we put in the, the photo of the cardboard box that has the standee in it, that it we even, yeah in. i mean i know there's going to be some people that are going to be upset because we don't we don't have the part two long CD long box. Right. <laughs> so I, I guess if enough people are, uh, uh, are bummed about that, then maybe we could, uh, do an amended version. Yeah. It, it ended to that down the road or something. So. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, going through it, 
I got that sense, like, okay, I don't need to see, like, every variation of the poster. Obviously, it's in every language there could be. And so I think it's just, you know, a great book that fans will enjoy. And, you know, they can pick up, you know, check out a few pages here and there. It's, uh, I got to say, I ended up reading the whole thing in one sitting. But uh, my my original intent was to just, you know, kind of go through and relive the memories of my McDonald's toys. Oh, oh yeah, that's great. That's uh, great. We had a uh, Jenny had a neat suggestion uh, where we had a whole page that was just a close up of the Marty on the hoverboard McDonald's Happy Meal Premium, <laughs> like a glamour photo, but of a very kind of low quality toy. But it was so it would be so funny if it was up close. And he's kind of looking back yes. at you. So in the earlier versions Saucily. of the book, we had a whole page just of the close-up of the Marty character's face. You could see the little pin from the toy. And Bob Gale's like looking at this page for a long, long time. <laughs> he goes, does this have to be so big? And, 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 and we were kind of like, I guess Bob doesn't like the Happy Meal toys too much, you know? So I think he didn't want to, you know, I mean, they're pretty yeah. low tech, but, I, but isn't that the charm? Of them, yeah. But yeah. at least we got Doc um, and his and his uh, sparking DeLorean, uh, but with but from the rear. So yeah, we he's looking So look, there's a little bit of sassiness to these toys that we wanted to capture. We wanted to show all the DeLorean enthusiasts <laughs> that Doc's Happy Meal toy had a crystally clear uh, rear deck on the DeLorean. That's that's important for yeah. people, right? I was always surprised <laughs> that toy was marketed to children because it sparked. Yeah, I mean, how fun was it to be a kid in the 80s? You had matches, you had sparkling <laughs> I mean, What else yeah. did you have? I mean, yeah. we could probably find all sorts of other things, you know. Yeah. But well, that, that's what's great about having this book is, like, it's history now, so people can't go, we, why did we make Back to the Future matches? It's like, doesn't matter. You made them. Yeah, right. it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're out there. It's fantastic to see it all in one place. Like you said, nobody had done it. You would think with every website having a fan wiki at this point, there would be something that had every piece of merch in there, but not to this extent, definitely. You know, you were saying earlier about how impossible it was to find DeLorean toys, like way back when, and now there's an abundance. I, I honestly stopped collecting them because there's so many. But back in the day, I was like, painting other toys silver and pretending they were oh, yeah. DeLoreans. That's oh, I, totally, I totally understand that, yeah. Uh, there was one DeLorean die-cast toy, had nothing to do with Back to the Future, that was made around the time the DeLorean came out. It was made by Tomy. People, you know, a lot of people out there collect Hot Wheel cars and Matchbox cars, so I'm sure that those guys are aware of the first ever DeLorean. But, you know, we needed a DeLorean, you know, in the Back to the Future packaging made for you know, uh, the you know the first film in 1985. We never saw that. We didn't see anything from DeLorean until you know Back to the Future 2. And I think what did we have? We had pencils and pens, mm -hmm. and then we had the remote control DeLorean. Mm -hmm. And then there was a really weird one, like made by LJN, was called like a high speed racer, mm -hmm. and it had like big fat tires yeah. on it. It was like. And you and yeah. at the time we were like, fine, fine, I'll take it. It's a DeLorean. It's a time machine. And nowadays, it's it's almost, I think I know what you're saying, it's almost like, I don't want to say too much, but it's almost like it's too much to collect everyone, right? Right. Yeah. It's just too, too many. You almost have to focus on a single film. Like, I only collect the the hovering uh, 
DeLorean. That's the only one I collect on. Exactly. Like the part yeah. mm-hmm. And then you buy it in every different scale you possibly could. Right. Yes. Like that's what right. it'll be. It's a new one's out. Oh, it's in a different scale. Well, I don't have that one yet. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. One is aluminum. One is chromium. Which yeah. do I choose? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, they speaking of weird DeLoreans, they even made one that was, I think, for the Mini Mates line. They made one that came with the Jennifer Mini Mate, mm-hmm. and it's clear. <laughs> I don't ever remember oh. a turning clear in the movies, but huh. there's an, you know, I guess it's supposed to be like going in and out of time or something, but. Oh, okay. Okay. I- I'll grab onto that and go with it. Yeah. yeah. Or they forgot to paint it. Yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> time, time has no. It logic. was made by the same people that made the matchbooks, actually. They were like, just put out matchbooks. Somebody was like, just make a clear DeLorean. Make well, that's clear. not that good. Just make it. Yeah. Just make it. And then they realized, oh, we don't have the ride gift shop anymore. We got to cut back a little right. bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got it. We need more nonsense in the Back to the Future world. That's so funny. <laughs> If yes. anybody wants to understand that uh, that Back to the Future memorabilia is an all seriousness, just you turn to page 191, and you get to see the off-roader Back to the Future Part 3. Monster truck Monster DeLorean. Monster truck DeLorean with a sheriff star on, on the gullwing door. <laughs> yeah, I that mean, seems legit. Yeah, yes. I mean, if anybody Watch ever, it's like people, Back to the Future is totally serious. It's like, well, not according to page 191. <laughs> Yeah. You know, did you have that that toy? No, and I laughed pretty. Will you, pretty. Will you be getting this toy in your future? Oh, I think I'm going to get it in the past. Um, yeah, right. is is that uh, licensed? This is licensed. Actually, speaking, that's a good that's a good thing to ask. We actually try to avoid any bootlegged Back to the Future stuff, only because since this is an official Back to the Future. Uh, sanctioned item by universal studios we just thought we were going to only support the um officially licensed stuff coincidentally though there's not that much unauthorized back to future stuff that i've come across uh and i would love i always would love to hear what was made but i think other franchises might have a lot more bootleg uh or counterfeit material made for the star trek (laughs) star trek a lot of that yeah yeah I remember always questioning if that hoverboard pin was licensed, but when I saw it in the book, that kind of refreshed me. Okay, well, there's at least display the pins were in. Maybe it was legit. Right. Well, that's interesting about Back to the Future because uh, I remember you'd if you were lucky enough to come into a store and see something, with the exception of Toys R Us because they would get their stock replenished, but – you know, like all those pins were made by applause, and I remember seeing them at one store on Melrose Avenue or Boulevard or whatever it is. What is it, Melrose? Anyway, whatever. And uh, saw the pins and all that. I'm like, oh, those are very cool. And then, like, you know, a week later, gone. Yeah. Right. And you never see them again until, like, you see a friend that has them, and you're like, I never got those. And people take Back to the Future collecting completely for granted. It's a post eBay world. Yeah. And also, now that th- there's, you know, there's licensed things and the, the public consciousness about Back to the Future is so much higher. But, I mean, it was like the Wild West, no pun yeah. intended. I mean, you really had to grab and go and you would hear legend of something that had come out and that you had somehow missed. And you'd be like, no, because you'd never see it again. The merchandise that is in the book is, for the most part, is that from your personal collections? I had a lot of it, uh, which I'm very proud to say. And, it, and it's like if I had to start collecting when we went into you know, production on this book, 
there would have been no way to compile that material. I mean, so it, it had to be a collection of a lifetime. Yeah, forget right. about yeah. the financial thing. It's just it, we couldn't do it. I mean, there were too many things that I have just never seen since. And then the great thing about it was when we first met with Bob Gale and showed him what we wanted to do and we're seeing what he thought. He was his answer was like, "Come on over to my house and oh, see and what then I he have." Oh, and showed us boxes. And he had boxes. He had oh stuff. Oh my god! It was a real honor because yeah. He, we'd be going through stuff, and he'd say, now, there's a memo from Steven Spielberg that I'm looking for. Oh, yeah, we just came across it. It's in that box there. And then yeah. he'd go, great, great. i got to show that to Robert Zemeckis. He's going to really laugh. It was so, very surreal. It, it was really? a real unique experience there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And you'd see photographs that nobody's ever seen. I mean, it was And it probably was will never be able to incredible. see. Incredible. You know? I mean, yeah. it was just – and he, he was so kind to us and – and had just this open door policy it was very just here here you go and uh, ha have a good time and we we were out there with a scanner and a photographer and we went nuts well we so. never took it for granted because uh, Bob Gale uh, you know is is somebody that uh, of anybody with his success he does not suffer fools mm -hmm. so we made sure we were always I tried our, not to act like a fool yeah we didn't <laughs> want to be a fool. we always run our best behavior and stuff and I think he was appreciative because we ended up archiving archiving his entire collection so uh rob is an archivist as well um and he took uh, you know the paper and he put it on acid-free you know mat boards and plastic yeah, and he took these things that were in boxes and he kind of just arranged them better so that they can in another 20 years when you know volume two comes out it's well when we were going there. through the back to future stuff we'd come across his films uh like used cars and uh if you remember that movie yep. and and uh in 1941 and he had boxes for those yeah too. and i would be like well, oh boy go ahead and photograph and scan and archive all this it goes great and then the neat thing was there was a release of used cars uh you know shortly after and and he would be like rob send me all the used cars images and those ended up on a on a blu-ray yeah. so it was, oh, it was it was great there was this back to the future book actually ended up um providing a lot of other material for other projects that would have never have seen the light of day. His archive alone could be its own, its own display. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. amazing. It's, it's pretty good. So how long did it take you to put the book together? I mean, it sounds like this took 10 years, honestly. Well, I mean, it's a lifetime of, of, uh, archiving the materials and, and just listening to, uh, people tell their little stories about back to the future uh, Rick, for example, um, there's a very, very talented um, artist named Tony Baxter who works, uh, or he's retired now, but he worked for uh, Walt Disney Imagineering his entire career. And uh, I used to work for Disney uh, for quite a while. And um, just one day we were talking about uh, Back to the Future, and he told me a story. Uh, that actually the story is actually in the book. So it was just, you know, being uh, someone that always loves to talk about Back to the Future. And then when we started writing this book, I recounted back to the story that Tony Baxter had shared with me. And then, of course, that's in the book. So I would say it's a lifetime of, certainly a lifetime since Back to the Future came out of compiling the information in my head. And then the actual physical production of the book took three years. And okay. it was like, I used to describe the book as an onion. People would say, well, it's just... <laughs> photographs and captions and I'd say no every time you get to a different layer of back to the future 
then a new layer reveals itself and then you're like, well, what is this? And where did this come from? And what's the story with this? And it would just, it went on yeah. and on. We thought we were going to like, ah, oh, three months. We're going to be done. It's going to be great. And it, years went by. Yeah. So this yeah. is labor of love. And, and, you, and you wanted to get it right. So you didn't want to put something in there that oh, yeah. was just like a half truth or a half baked situation. So uh, we're very proud to say that, uh, for the most part, that this is a, a historically accurate uh, telling of, of what happened and, and what these items, uh, the history are, you know, is. So. so we talked about your collections. I'm wondering what's your most prized piece in your collections? Well, I really love the, um, well, I, I should probably set this up with the backstory. So California Raisins were going to be a... Um, a product placement in Back to the Future, like kind of how Reese's pieces were. Okay. Well, actually, that ties in. The, we tell the story in the book, but I'll, I'll share it here with all the Back to the Future podcast, podcast listeners. Uh, California Raisins um, wanted raisins in Back to the Future uh, as product placement, and everybody kind of on the team, Back to the Future production team, was saying, like, well, how do you have raisins in Back to the Future? And somebody said, well, have, have a bowl of raisins at the – Enchantment of the Sea Dance, and Bob Gale says, well, if you put a bowl of raisins at the dance, it's going to look like a big bowl of dirt. So I don't know if people are going to really understand that there are raisins as snacks. So they ended up having to give back California raisins their product placement money, but uh, in the end of the movie, they do have a, um, a presence in the film. They're on the bus, the bus bench, when Marty comes back from 1955 uh, to 85 and the, the, the transient hobo is sleeping on the bench and he gets up and oh, he yeah. says something. Yeah, he's like, oh, rad, or whatever he says. Well, if you look closely, it'll say California Raisins, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> there but, you go. But So they got so California Raisins board got a bus stop placement in the film. But what they did get was um, they got the honor of having a sweepstakes uh, tie-in which is if you bought California raisins, you could send in a little flyer, uh, and what you would get in the mail was the Back to the Future Toyota Dream Truck, mm, which was Dream just truck. which was just a product called uh, was Stopper Four by Four, which was a, a popular toy that you put like a double A battery in, and it would like you know go over your shoes and rocks and stuff. So it was the same Stopper Four by Four toy in a black truck with Back to the Future silk screen on the hood. And I think that is technically the very first Back to the Future toy or dimensional toy. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I actually have the shelf counter display showing Marty's truck. And, um, with the sweepstakes little tags. Little tags that you, tags you tear off. And then I was able, from my friend at backtothefuture.com, Stephen Clark, he actually found me a uh, one of the Back to the Future trucks. And I just think it's so funny because, you know, you go you go and you see this movie, Back to the Future, and, oh, the DeLorean, what a great movie vehicle. And then you're in the store, if you're <laughs> lucky enough to see the advertisement, and they're advertising a Toyota truck. A little black. And you're you like, could say it's, well, it's Marty's dream truck, I suppose. Yeah. But it's just very random. It's just not the, it's, it's, once again, it's just not what you think that you would be seeing for Back to the Future. So I think that's my favorite little ensemble is is the all the things that surround the Back to the Future sweepstakes uh, winning uh, Marty's dream truck. I think that's my favorite. And my favorite would have to be the, the little McDonald's uh, sparking DeLorean dock giveaway simply because 
my little son thinks it's the funniest, <laughs> coolest thing that ever was. And I think it's so it's so amusing to watch him think that it's great. Um, I think it's great just in its simplicity and, it, and its kind of um, its clumsiness of of, of replicating Doc is, is so charming because there's very little charm. Things are so real and so well done now and I enjoy when things are very primitive looking and kind of goofy. And so that's so charmingly goofy. You, I could set it on a pedestal and light it very specially and it's, it's art. <laughs> well, that is only my favorite toy second to the Back to the Future matches. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. wait, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice you can share that with your kid, too. And it's not so precious <coughs> that you have to, every time he reaches for something, you know, like, that's just, that thing is indestructible. It's been in yeah. water. It's been thrown half a dozen times. It's fine. It's well, that's the down. magic of McDonald's toys, is they... Yeah, indestructible. The cockroach and McDonald's Happy Meals toys will be here if there's ever a <laughs> Holocaust tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> good well um okay so kind of kind of moving on from the the book of it since you guys are are such fans um obviously 2015 is a big year for back to the future fandom uh 30th anniversary of the first film it is the 25th of the third film and then it's the year they time travel to in the second film so it's like a catch-all anniversary and then I don't know if there's going to be another big one after that. This is like the one. Are you are you anticipated as anticipating it as fans of the films? This is the perfect storm of Back to the Future fandom. You don't want to miss this and be, you know, hearkening back to this 20 years from now. Um, now is a good time to be a fan, and I believe this enthusiasm and this kind of public awareness of Back to the Future will will have. Um, trails that will kind of go from you know past 2015 maybe to 2018 where there'll be this resurgence of product and then maybe it'll calm a little bit this is a good this is a good time wouldn't you agree oh yeah well there's a lot of events that are planned and and uh, a lot of fun stuff um i i hope that uh no it's not going to be like the big year for back to the future and then just nothing i think people get excited around anniversaries and I think uh, all of us as fans know that you don't need an anniversary to celebrate Back to the Future, but the upside to that is maybe the people that are on the fence that don't really know the franchise so well or promoters will be more inclined to do something as, oh, well, it's the anniversary, then, mm-hmm. hey, I'll throw, I'll throw caution to the wind and we'll do something. So I think from that aspect alone, uh, we see a lot of stuff being made, but I think that anytime there's a big anniversary and a big event around a um a tentpole film i think it only helps to perpetuate the film's presence and the fan base for just a lot longer so mm-hmm. um it, I, I just think you know just keep watching the internet because i think there's going to be a lot of really great unique back to future get together is going on this year right and uh you know we're all fingers crossed the rides you know it's got to come back right this is the year <laughs> Oh, man, we'd have to uh, have a talk with the with Krusty the Clown and see if he'll get back the, the, Yeah, he's notoriously difficult. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. I don't think he's a Back to the Future fan, Krusty. No, so, you know. I don't think he cares. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's obviously going to be more Back to the Future stuff as time goes on. Are you going to do an updated... Are there plans for an updated version of the book already? Or are you kind of going to play it by ear? That'll be in 30 uh, years. I think 
I think so. Bob Gale has actually sent me stuff where he has said, oh, for further future editions of the book. But we don't want to make it seem like people should wait for the future editions because it'll be something that, uh, you know, with the rate Back to the Future memorabilia is being produced right now, we would have to be, like, updating, like, on every six months. I think if there is an updated edition, it would be way actually into the future at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, certainly, uh, if we go into a repressing of the book uh, in several years, it would only make sense to maybe Absolutely. Add, add an addendum or something like that to it. But, uh, but I mean, the point is, though, is like pretty much this is it up until, you know, 2015. And uh, the great thing, though, is if, you're, if you buy the Back to the Future book, Back to the Future Almanac now... Uh, you don't really have to worry about the current stuff because hopefully you can, you know, get tuned in and buy the current stuff and mm-hmm. add your own stuff. The very last line of the book uh, says, your collection is whatever you make it, so make it a good one. And it says, to be continued. So it's definitely, you know, hopefully yeah. it will inspire people to keep building their collections and, and enjoying their collections and just having a great time. Definitely. Yeah, that's that's a great way to look at it. I think uh, it was smart, too, to have a cutoff year on the book to 2015 yeah. because, yeah. like you said, it's all starting to flood now. And so that gives you a starting point for the sequel. Yes. So yeah. then there'll be three books at some point and then an yeah. animated book. Now. Uh-huh. That's right. One only about chicken recipes, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And, uh, uh, that, that's so funny because because the thing is is that um, we don't know what the future is going to hold for us. So no one knows really. You know, you know I think chicken may be in it though. <laughs> yeah. I I think that's for certain. Definitely. So speaking of the future, um, is there any other project that you two are working on that's coming up that you want to kind of give a taste of here or for people um, to keep an eye out on? We shouldn't say too much, and I I always. I never understood it uh, when you hear people like, well, I shouldn't say too much. And then you always used to think like, well, that probably means they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I think we actually do know what we're doing. At least I don't know what I'm doing, but I know what I'm working on. I get it. But we probably shouldn't say, but it, it is, it's another uh, project that's um, uh, affiliated with universal studios. Uh, so uh, uh, and I have to say if anybody's listening from universal, uh, with this and wanted to thank them for being so uh, supportive mm-hmm. and uh, you know when you go into these things you really never know who's going to be your friends or who's going to work against you or you know you never know and, and I couldn't you know Bob Gale and, and all of his people and Universal have just been, have been kinder yeah to just us. absolutely supportive and excited and um, you know, it's 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 really neat to hear because we, we were told several times that Back to the Future is Universal's number one uh, license. If you go on their licensing page, you can see the three top franchises, and there's a little flame next to Back to the Future. I guess it's so hot, there's a little icon of a flame, and I was so intimidated, like, oh, no, what does this mean? Like, <laughs> this means, you know, licensing prices have tripled or something. It was incredible. The flame means the chicken is cooking. <laughs> But that that is that is actually a huge honor for Back to the Future because when you think of Universal has you know the monsters you know Frankenstein mm-hmm. Dracula Wolfman just 
icons of Huge of, of, of Earth culture, you know. Yeah. And then you not have not Mars culture, not Mars culture, Earth culture, because they were made on Earth, yes. at least as, as far as we know. And then um, <clears throat> you know, ET and, uh-huh. and the fact that Back to the Future is right there. I mean, it just goes right. to show that uh, you know that Back to the Future is not going anywhere, mm-hmm. which is which is great because. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think we in the book. It said, you know, the future is going to be great as long as we have Back to the Future in it because it, mm-hmm. it, it it makes me happy. So Absolutely. I don't know. So how does it feel now that you have a book out to be part of that universe and know that you've now contributed significantly to the Back to the Future fandom and everything overall with the films? I've started to wear a beret and a monocle <laughs> so that uh, and I sign autographs with my non-dominant hand to make it super messy like I'm very (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's what I've been doing I raise my pinky now when I drink I never did that before so it's added a lot lot of class uh, to my daily routine no I, I feel honored I mean the fact that the fact that Bob Gale took the time to even deal with us um and was and then was so kind to us um just still uh when i think about it it kind of it makes you it just gives you hope that something that you love so much you know you fear approaching your your heroes because you think they're going to turn around and go get away from me you know something awful and when they're lovely to you and then you're able to actually create something that adds to the scholarship of something that you love so much and and that is culturally worthy is such an honor and i know that um Rob is is the you know collector of of most of these things, and he's spent his his life since the movie came out, kind of picking and choosing these things. And he has such um, excellent attention to detail, and he remembers these little stories. And he he's the one who who has this vast depth of knowledge. Um, it's it's amazing, and so to be able to exploit Rob's base of knowledge about this subject matter plus the collection plus the assistance of, of gail it's just it's a, it's a tempest in a teapot it's very exciting yeah uh, well thank you for those kind words jenny i will give you your 20 dollars after the podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I just hope that uh i just hope that the back to future uh community uh thinks that it was a worthwhile endeavor and i'm very very proud to uh, have been involved in another Back to the Future um, project and, and, and certainly the first book uh, for Back to the Future that I've been affiliated with. So I just I just hope that it, it just, if anything, just turns more people on to Back to the Future or at least reminds people of why they love these movies. And, uh, you know, life is short, but, uh, you know, if if we could spend more time, you know, uh, enjoying, you know, the truly great things that we have here on earth. I think that, you know, films are truly one of the things that we're lucky enough to enjoy. And, and certainly I think that, you know, as back to the future, it's certainly the first film. I mean, it doesn't really get any more perfect than that. I mean, that's a conversation that a lot of film people and I talk about is, is, is like what are truly, perfect movies like literally to where you can't make them any better you can't you know you can't fix this or that and i think that movies like raiders of the lost ark and uh you know certainly back to the future and star wars empire strikes back of uh, certainly in recent history star trek II: the wrath of Khan. i'm a big fan of just perfect perfect films Mm -hmm. and uh i just think that um 
it's exciting to remind people that uh, this isn't just a fluke. This is a masterpiece of 20th century American cinema. You got any way to plug the book or people keep update, updated with you? Um, we do. It's on www.bttfalmanac.com. And you can buy the book on that uh, site, and you can also uh, email us and contact us also on the site. Yeah, I should probably also say to everybody out there, there um, this is a, the first printings, hardcover, uh, 250 pages. There's over 600 uh, full-color original photographs of the memorabilia. It's not stuff that was like, you know, screen captured off of eBay or the Internet. I mean, these are things that we actually paid a photographer to take. Uh, and there has been some talks about a some future second pressings and stuff, and there's kind of been one talk about doing a soft cover version. Uh, I'm always pro to being uh, hardcover, uh, so I'm just saying to, to the hardcore fans, it's like if you want the first edition, this one's a hardcover, and uh, I can tell you that it was a very expensive book to publish, so... Um, uh, it's it's a it's a labor of love, and uh, I think that uh, so come get the first edition while it's still here because if there if it does go to a second pressing, uh, it may not be hardcover. Uh, so just something to kind of say out there. And this is that's not like a gimmick or a sales ploy. I mean, I always appreciate it when uh, you know you hear that from uh, publishers or people for projects that I want to buy something from is. You know, a lot of times I'll wait, and then you're like, ah, the hardcover's gone. And, well, there's right. a there's a Stanley Kubrick book that came out, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Hardcovers are sold out, and it's already selling for double of what the book was. And it's just like, ah, I shouldn't have waited, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all, all I'm, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. It's like, if you want to wait for a soft cover, it will probably want to be in the future. But if you're a collector of hardcover books, um, the only one I know for sure that will be hardcover is the first edition out now. So Okay, excellent. And it looks great. Like, we've both gone over it, and it, it's just, it's a really good read. And, I mean, obviously I'm not as a fanatic of Back to the Future as Lee is, and even I still enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. That That's very kind of you to say. That is huge for me because that, we, we tried to write with, uh, you know, I, I a lot of times when I write, I think about, like, Will my dad understand this? You know, will my mom understand what I'm saying? Because then you can you could try to explain it. Like I think we we were kind of we're being very silly and during this podcast, but I'm assuming that most people uh, probably understand the the references we're making. So we didn't have to be very you know straight down the middle. I mean, maybe we took the chicken or the fifty bits a little too far, but <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, yeah. So I, I really that was that's neat that you said that because. Um, I kept thinking, like, I have to explain this for the person that doesn't understand. And I'm not saying that's you, but you, you, Lindsay, but you know, my dad, like, oh, what? what? The, There's the, an old man and a young yeah, guy running around. The car's capacitor, what? You can <laughs> yeah. clean the car with a, with a Brillo pad? What kind of car? You know, so, so yeah, so, so, so that's for all the, all, that's my authorly advice. If you write with your parents in mind and, and for explanations, you, you'll you'll save a lot of uh, what the heck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah much yeah. more clarity. Yeah, so. great. Well, thank you both for um, joining us today on the podcast. It's been, you know, for me, uh, obviously enjoyable to be able to have such in depth conversation about Back to the Future. 
probably the most in-depth conversation I've ever been able to have with somebody else about Back to the Future. So that's been delightful. And I think Lindsay's uh, gotten a taste of just how nerdy I can get with this stuff now. <laughs> oh, yeah the vehicle for your nerdiness and and we i we enjoyed it as well and um yeah. yes but we are open to a part two part three and uh and we we would actually break canon and we could do part four because we're not right. we're not really part four of the, of the book or part four of back to future conversations of these conversations okay our 50 biff series yeah um we're gonna do a podcast guys- called 50 biffs <laughs> and there has to be 50 of them so save up all of your really special material for like the last ones just in case people run out of enthusiasm well yeah. thank you so very much thank, thank you, you thank you both for your for your time today and uh everybody check out their book it's it's amazing all right that wraps it up this time for the pop rewind podcast be sure to check us out on twitter facebook instagram tumblr google plus youtube and of course at poprewind.com Thanks for listening. So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Bye. Pop. Rewind. Rewind. Com.